I'm so glad to welcome you today to the Clark Howard Show, which is all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our web address. When you have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. But, you know, you can also get off-the-air advice for free from a member of our team. That's available to you nine hours every weekday, except during holidays. And if you go to Clark.com on the home screen, you'll see how to get that free off-the-air advice. If you do so from your smartphone, you can just hit a button and it will dial right to you being able to talk with a member of Team Clark. And remember, this is a free service of our show for just under 25 years. Coming up in just 20 minutes, we're not doing a Clark Rage today. We got a sizzling deal coming your way. A phenomenal airfare sale that now you buy it or you regret it because it is a short-term sale for travel over a multi-month period, but you got to buy it right away. And later this hour, how about being accepted for a job, you know, being told you're hired, or being admitted to college, and then later they say, just kidding, you're out of here. There's something that we are doing in our lives that's conspiring against ourselves. I'm going to tell you what you need to be aware of. Right now, I want to let you know about a very promising breakthrough in medicine in treating cancer patients. You know, when you think about treating an illness, you think about how clinically somebody's treated. The meds they're given in a case of cancer may involve surgery, radiation, chemo, alternative meds, uh, may involve the medicines that are based on genetics, any of a number of strategies to treat. But do you know the human element remains so important? There's a new study that was reported in the Journal of the American Medical Association that found that just having good communication between patient and doctor, that alone will increase the lifespan of a cancer patient 20%, 20%. No, no med is involved, no breakthrough therapy. The only thing that's involved is keeping that good communication open and the study found that there was an app that one control group was given, another was not, and with the app, you were given instructions that if you had any of these 12 things happen, to notify through the app to your oncologist. And what they have discovered is that by quickly giving a notification that you're having a problem with something that the patients are able to live substantially longer because the doctor is able to intervene earlier and catch things before they get more serious. And 
re- readmissions to the hospital went way down for these cancer patients because of the fact that there was this ongoing communication. So often there's a broken trail in medicine that you go see the doctor, the doctors are in these big high-pressure practices with conveyor belt kind of medicine going on, one patient after another, after another, after another, and follow-through just doesn't really happen. But with the app, it changed things. And that is so key because for doctors to be able to do this, the productivity is sky high because they would just get a notice from the app that patient, this patient or that patient or the other patient was having this problem, that problem, or the other problem, and they were able to almost immediately intervene and extend life. And I think about how many people will try this ultra-expensive drug or that one or the other one to try to get even additional weeks of life. And then to think that just being properly monitored by your doctor alone can extend lifespan 20% further. How important and how key is that? You know, there's something about that I wanted to say. You know, apps will become more common, obviously, over time. But you need to be your own app today. If you have a medical condition... Remember, again, the doctors are drowning in busyness and patience. You are the one who has to be your own advocate. If you are not well enough to be your own advocate, a family member or friend needs to take on that role. Because if you do not advocate for yourself or have that person who can advocate for you, you do fall through the cracks. And think about this. We're talking life and death difference when your concerns, your issues are not addressed in a timely way. I want to say something about my own health. I cannot express properly or adequately how touched I've been by the wonderful, wonderful notes and emails and messages that I've received after my medical problems lately. And if you're not aware, I had a very serious bout of, I always mispronounce this, rhabdomyolysis. It's apparently not the right way to say it. It's the way I can say it. Rhabdo is it's called in medicine for short. And I was very, getting very seriously ill. I was successfully treated in the hospital. And I'm partway through my recovery. I have a few more months, likely, of recovery. But... I'm back to exercising about three-quarters of normal, and I feel much better than I did, but certainly not recovered. But I, I want to tell you, you may wonder, and I apologize that I've not been able to respond to each of you individually who took time out of your day to either write me a note, send me a card, or send an email But I want to tell you that I really appreciate that you cared, you did that, and I have read every single note, email, and card I have received, and I thank you for that. 
Philip is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Philip. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Great, thank you. You want to talk about something I absolutely, completely, and totally despise? Yes, I do. Non-competes. Non-compete clauses harm the economy, harm the employee, hold back economic growth in the country, and are rotten terrible to boot. And for the most part, I agree with you. Uh, but when I was listening to your uh, show a couple of days ago when you talked about it, um, I basically just wanted to, to uh, voice my side of it as a business owner. When uh, we put a lot of time, effort, and thousands of dollars into an employee to train them, when they came to us with no experience at all, and, and most of the time I'm talking about kids that are straight out of high school, and they spend 20 years with you, you send them to every conference, uh, training, school there is, you get thousands of dollars, and then they come to you one day and say, hey, by the way, I got a better offer. going to pay me a lot more money. I'm leaving. And they're out the door. Uh, so you you got a lot of time, effort, and money in, involved in them, I guess what I'm saying. So I, I see it a little different than the side that you pointed out on your show that night. Well, Philip, I'm also an employer, and I have had the same experience you've had going back over the last, gosh, is it 40 years now? How many years have I been an employer? Nearly 40 years. And I've had the same thing where 36 years is actually the number of years I've been an employer. So over those 36 years, I've had many instances like you're describing where I have spent real money, resources, sent people to conferences, training, training, and you put all that money into an employee, you give them the skill level they have, and then they decide they're not into you so much anymore and they go somewhere else. And I have experienced that repeatedly. So you may wonder, since, since I'm in the same situation as you are, why is it that I don't like non-competes? Yes. All right, so my reason is, is that because we don't promise people who work for us guaranteed lifetime employment anymore. You know, we if you think back, like you go back a generation or two, people used to go to work for one company. That company was loyal to them for life, and the worker would be loyal to that company for life. Today, we don't do that anymore. We, we basically rent our employees, and, and, and they rent us. And so... I look at it as part of creating economic opportunity for people that if I'm not providing the environment they want or the pay they want or whatever, and they go out and find a better opportunity, I'm thrilled for them if they find something that gives them a a better chance. And I feel like it inhibits economic activity of, let's say somebody's been a good employee for you, but maybe they're able to go somewhere else and they're able to really spread their wings and really take off, I think that's great for society. It may pinch my wallet, but I think it's great for society. And, and I agree with you to a point. Um, it, you know, the, the, the ones that have left us have been with us 20 years and a lot invested in them, a lot of time invested. And I'm all for somebody bettering herself, moving on, 
What what I don't, what I'm not in favor of is holding me hostage and saying, "Look, I can make fifty thousand dollars more to to go to this other company. So either you pay fifty thousand dollars or I'm leaving." So so what we've did is we've come up with an agreement that said, "Look, we don't have a problem with investing time and effort and money in you and a lot in you, but if you decide to leave, you need to do the numbers and do the math and decide if it's worth." the money I put into you because you're going to owe me back a percentage of the money that I put into you. And everyone so far has agreed to that. So instead of prohibiting them from going somewhere else, they have to pay you back some of the cost that you have expended for training and development of that employee. Correct. You know, that's an interesting concept. Now, I want to share something with you. You know, state of California is a very high-tax state, pretty inefficient government in California. But, but California has by far the strongest economic growth over time in the United States. A lot of people think it's Texas, but it's actually California. And they are able to do it in spite of government because people know if they go there and they're hardworking and hard-charging that they can go continually wherever the best opportunity is. And they have become the uh, most innovative employers in the country are in California. And it's because workers know they can go there, they can uh, develop their skills, they can provide their skills to employers. And if they decide they don't like each other anymore or one doesn't like the other, they just go somewhere else. And I think it's why the economy of California is so unbelievably dynamic, even though the government there drives me crazy. <laughs> Agree. So, so this is an area I think we're going to disagree on because I feel like it's so core and central to creating creativity in the American economy, creating entrepreneurship, giving people a chance to grow their incomes and... That's why not having covenants not to compete, I think, is overall much healthier for the economy, even though there are times me, like you, as an employer, it burns me not having covenants not to compete. Today, no Clark Rageous moment. Instead, we got a sizzling deal. Southwest Airlines has launched a sale that is an excellent sale, one of their zone fair sales that is good for travel the second half of summer, or second half of August through mid-December. No travel around Thanksgiving. But the deals are fantastic. They're zone starting at $49 one way, and then the next zone is $59, 79 uh, there are some places at 99, but you have a lot of trouble finding a city past 79 unless you're going coast to coast. The Southwest sale must be booked by Thursday midnight. Now, here's the thing. I'm not finding matches yet, but if you prefer not to fly Southwest, then give it probably about six to eight hours and see if matches do pop up on other airlines i fly southwest almost every week 
I love flying them. I find it very easy. No change fees, no fees for cancellation. I don't check bags, but you get two bags free. But some people hate the whole thing of not having a seat assignment. That doesn't faze me either. But anyway, this sale is wonderful. If you have Southwest uh, Rapid Rewards points, those are also on sale in this sale. And so redemptions for round-trip tickets are very cheap. Typical redemption round-trip is about 8,600 points for a round-trip ticket. Now compare that to the typical airline round-trip domestic ticket reward, which is usually about 25,000 points. This is a lot better of a deal. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Glad you're with us here on The Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. ClarkDeals.com is our way to help you save money on things you buy every day. And Clark.com is our web address. Years ago, I talked about why what you post on social media could be deadly to your career, to getting a job, keeping a job, advancing in a job. And I remember we posted a story at Clark.com about a woman who had been hired for a job and had posted some information after she got the job and then the job withdraw the job offer was withdrawn based on some of what she said. I remember that was one of the most heavily trafficked items we've ever had on Clark.com because so many of us have this idea that we can have one identity at school or in the workplace and another identity online and the two shall never meet. But it doesn't play that way. You You may have heard this story about 10 students who had been accepted at Harvard, which is, I guess, the second most difficult college in America to get into. People for years of high school call and scratch and take every AP course they can and uh, do all kinds of extracurricular activities and build that resume in high school, score well on the um, standardized tests, and then you get that acceptance that almost nobody gets, and 10 people are not going this year because of stuff they had posted on Facebook after they had been accepted. Parents, I know your teenagers will roll their eyes when you try to have a conversation with them about social media. Let them roll their eyes. Talk about the consequences in education, in the workplace, wherever. And for you, as their parent, set a good example. There are a number of people you know since last year's presidential election who have alienated themselves from lifelong friends family members who don't talk to each other anymore because of political commentary people have been posting on social media. 
Social media has so many great elements to it, allowing people who've lost touch with each other over the years or decades to get reacquainted, to keep up with each other, regardless of where they end up moving around the country, know about milestones in their lives when a parent is sick or has died or a child is born or whatever. I mean, there's so much positive with social media. But also with social media, a lot of us expose significant ugliness in many different ways. Sometimes out of immaturity, sometimes out of frustration or anger. But know that there can be serious consequences. And I'm probably repeating something you've heard before, but haven't taken to heart. It's kind of like everybody knows you shouldn't text and drive. But all day long as I'm driving, I see cars weaving because people are texting and driving. There's something about us that that we can know better, but we still do. This is one you got to act on. You got to be careful what you post. If you're, if you're fired up about something or you're doing something you think is really cute, think about it for some moments before you post it. You may change your mind. I know that in the past, when I've written an angry email, I put it in my drafts, and there has never been an angry email I've written that I sent after I put it in my drafts went back later and read what I'd written, I always end up either deleting it or completely changing the tone because on reflection, I was wrong. Maybe not what I was angry about, but the way I was communicating was wrong. Think about that because with social media, we so often do something so quickly that doing it on the spur of the moment, well, it may not pay off for us later in so many different ways. And I'm sorry, I don't see your name. Welcome to the Clark Howard Show. Hi, what's your name? It's Mike. Mike, great to have you here. What's going on, Mike? Um, I had a question. Uh, me and a couple other people are getting ready to go in business together and start a small business. And I was curious um, about forming an LLC and signing my loan and uh, leases as the LLC. I will tell you, you know, this is going to disappoint you, but if it's a new business and you were going to do loans, you're going to sign a lease, they are going to do what they call in, in legal circles, pierce the, the corporate veil, and uh-huh. you are going to have to sign for personal financial responsibility for both of those items as a new entity. So you're not, the LLC is not going to provide you the shield you're hoping for from liability for the loan or the lease. Okay. 
That's so, not what you wanted to hear, was it? No, it's not. Because yeah. I, I was really wanting to try my best to protect my personal assets in case. I'm not expecting it to, but in case the business went south. Right, and a lot of times uh, we'll have a very promising business idea. It'll even start out well. And then uh, many times it may run out of gas between roughly 18 months and three years. And so the exposure could happen later. What I like for you to try to negotiate is a limitation of the liability. Are you looking at signing how many year lease? Um, looking to go with three year lease. So you might be able to negotiate where you are personally liable for a year and then you're released from that after one year of on time lease payments. Okay. So you don't you don't negotiate that up front. What you do is is uh, you negotiate the terms of the lease, and then they say, well, you'll have to sign a personal guarantee. You say, well, I'm not comfortable doing that. And so your initial position is, no, I'm not going to sign one. The bit of poker is involved here. And then you negotiate as best you can because your strongest moment is before you've signed that lease. Because they're mm-hmm. mentally already, oh, check this mark off. We got that space leased. But remember, yeah. you haven't signed the lease, and when they start hitting you with a personal guarantee, that's when you start negotiating it down from a three-year pierce to as short as you possibly can. Okay. But a year is reasonable, because if you show a good payment record in the first 12 months, your business has now proven that it is meeting its obligations, and that's a reasonable period of time, in my opinion, for you then to be released from any further liability. All right. And if you're going to borrow money for the LLC, depending on the lender you go to, they may or may not be willing to allow a release of personal liability at any time during the initial loan. Okay. But, you know, there's a lot of lenders out there. There's a lot of people you can talk to, Mike. And the more you do, maybe you'll find people that will be more accommodating of what you want. You said, though, there are multiple business partners? Yes. So why should you be the one who's liable on both the loan and the lease? Shouldn't you split that up? Well... What's going to, what we're doing is it's going to be me and my wife and my brother and his uh, spouse. Okay. And um, my brother, um, his credit used to be bad, but now it's all the bad stuff on his record is gone. And it's just basically, it looks like he has no credit. So you're it. You're, you're the one who's going to have to be on the hook. Right. Okay. I want to ask you something very tough right now. If the business does not do well and you end up suffering hard dollar losses, what's that going to do to your relationship with your brother? I think uh, we've already discussed uh, signing a uh, document between the four of us once everything's all said and done. Um, once, right now we're just in the planning stages, but okay. once 
once we decide how much we need for certain and where we're going and whatnot, we will sign an additional document between the four of us stating that they will also pay off their half and they will be responsible for their half. Okay, now that will not hold force of law with the landlord or with a financial institution. That would be something that would only hold force of law between the four of you as interested parties. Okay. But um, I, I just, the personal guarantee thing is such a hassle and it's something I've experienced in business and it's just how it works when you're a new entity that the people that are essentially taking a chance on you want it to be about you and not that LLC. Taryn is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you doing? I'm fine, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. How can I serve you? Good. Um, I've got two questions for you. One is regarding cell phone carriers, and the second is regarding cell phones. Um, I'm a senior with a little bit of tech experience. I live in Northern uh, California, San Francisco Bay Area. Um, when I'm in the house in San Francisco, I've got Wi-Fi. When I'm at the other place up in Napa County, St. Helena, uh, that place has no Wi-Fi. So... You have to rely on your cell phone when you're in Napa. Right. Okay. Exactly. So um, my first question for you is, can you recommend a cheaper cell carrier and um, phone? Sure. Let's talk, the, about the, the, let's talk about the cell carrier. Yeah. Do you know where, when you're up in Napa, do you know which cell service people seem to be the happiest with? Um, I, you know, unfortunately, well, I think it's Verizon. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, and Verizon, as you know, is the most expensive cell phone carrier. Right, it's what I'm currently using. All right, but I have a way for you to get Verizon service at a much lower cost, and it's actually very cheap. And that's by either going to a Walmart store or going to the website TotalWireless.com. Oh, Total Wireless? Yes. And for $35 a month, you get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and five gigabytes of data a month, which is a lot. Yeah. And 35 is cheap. Yes, very what are you paying right now? Um, I pay really plus or minus $134, $135 a month. Wait, wait, you're going to save $100 a month? Yeah, right. And my, when my grandchildren get a hold of my cell phone and, you know, go through their cartoons, etc., when I'm not connected to Wi-Fi, my data goes crazy, and then I get charged. Um, you know, extra fees. That's not going to happen with this. Ah, with the total okay. wireless service, when you run out of data, you're out of data till your next month. Right. So if they go crazy in Napa 
watching video, they are going to basically run out of video pretty quick. Yeah. But your wallet won't get burned. Yes, right. Well, I've told... <laughs> but, but I will tell you, the total wireless, because Verizon is the dominant service in that area, that is absolutely positively what you want. And they have a bunch of different phones you can use. And from ones that are very, very simple and inexpensive on up, the phone you already have may well work on Total Wireless. So check it out or go to... Do you have a Walmart store near you? Uh, there, There's one on the way up to Napa County. So you could stop at that Walmart, look at the Total Wireless choices, and you can port your number over to Total Wireless and you'll be set just as you always have been. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. Joel, ask your question for you. All right, Clark. James has a question, and it's timely. He says, we're considering password protection software that Clark has talked about and recommended in the past. But we just read that a company, One Login, has been compromised. We run a small business. We're concerned about the hundreds of passwords we have to keep track of and brokerage accounts, business accounts. If the biggest and best of these companies are vulnerable, what are we supposed to do? Well, one login who's the one that had the data breach, I'm not familiar with them. I'm most familiar with Dashlane and LastPass. And they still are not putting out a lot of information on the breach. But there are people who say that the hackers have full capability to get into your encrypted data with them. And again, I don't know if that's true or not because... No information is being posted by one login right now. This is a danger with any website, any organization, the danger of a breach. But this is how I look at it with, let's take uh, the two that I am familiar with, LastPass and Dashlane. Yes, it's possible that they could be hacked into. But you and I as ordinary earthlings, it's far more likely with our knowledge of computing and all that that we're going to be hacked into than they are so in a world that is insecure digitally i still think that they are a better choice than you and i trying to be password managers welcome to the clark howard show where it's about you and your wallet i want you to learn ideas to me so that you can keep more of what you make coming up in just a couple of days on the clark howard show i'm going to talk about the enormous opportunities available this summer for summertime work for students. And in a half hour, I'm going to talk about what students should be doing with money they earn this summer. And there's an assignment for you as a parent, too, coming up in just a half hour. Clark.com is our web address. Clark.com slash ask. It's where you go to ask questions of me or you also can ask questions off the air we have info for you how to do that as well at clark.com the war between walmart and amazon gets hotter by the week walmart is having enormous success with walmart.com after being basically an also ran failure online year after year after year Walmart suddenly has Mojo, and their online sales are skyrocketing. And Amazon is now 
playing a game where they're trying to hide their prices when Walmart goes to check prices so that Walmart can't make sure their prices are lower on everything. Because Amazon, you know, has over the years kind of lost its low price kind of thing. And now they're getting into low price again. And what Amazon's doing is the items that people order the most, Amazon is being very conscious of providing a low price. But for everything else, their margins have gone a lot higher and they're not cheap anymore. But they sure are reliable. Anyway, Walmart has become so aggressive with the pricing and Amazon is now striking back at Walmart in a whole new way. Amazon has historically, truthfully, only been interested in people that are higher income, and particularly on both coasts. And now Amazon is taking direct aim at Walmart with a new lower-cost prime for lower-income shoppers. The program bases your eligibility for the lower-cost prime if you are a SNAP recipient also known as food stamps. And there's a simple process and a simple web address you go to with Amazon to see if you are going to qualify for it. And it's amazon.com slash qualify. It's all you have to do. And they go through a quick verification that you have SNAP benefits And the second you qualify, bam, you're in at $5.99 a month. You know, a lot of people that are lower income live principally in rural areas or live in urban areas without a lot of shopping nearby. But especially rural areas where someone may have to travel where their likeliest shopping destination would be a Dollar General or an IGA, maybe a Walmart would be further away. In this case, now Amazon will come to you with free delivery, with Amazon Prime, no minimum, and it will also attack Walmart and one of their key areas of strength. So Amazon obviously is not happy at all about Walmart's recent success as a dot-com, and they're going to hit Walmart where it hurts. The savings, in turn, will go to people that are on extremely tight incomes and will give them the option of being a Prime member at much less than other people pay and get the free delivery. Again, Amazon.com slash qualify Very easy process to qualify for the special low-cost prime, and then you're in. Austin is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Austin. Hi, Clark. Thanks for taking my call on the air. Absolutely, Austin. So I've got a, a question for you. What percent of Americans do you think are eligible because they receive food stamps for that Amazon program I talked about? Maybe 5%. Would you believe nearly 20% of Americans? Wow. Jeez. 
Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the food stamp program at this point is a huge program. So you want to talk about another federal program, student loans. Correct. What's so going on I, with your student loans? I have about $5,000 in a mix uh, left in a mix of subsidized and unsubsidized student loans, which I've paid since I left school as agreed. Um, but I'm now in a trade school program, and my student loans automatically went into deferment. And I'm wondering if I should keep them in deferment and maybe make payments on the principal um, over the course of the next year, or if I should cancel the deferment and pay them as agreed. Yeah, or if you are in a position to pay them as agreed, are you still working while you're in trade school? Yes, I am. If you're still working while you're in trade school, go out of deferment and just pay them. Okay. You know, if you've been paying as agreed, you even in deferment, you are accumulating interest. You know, on the subsidized loans, they continue to um, accrue interest during the deferment. Period. Now, I'm trying to remember if you are already out of school and you've been paying. I'm going by memory, but I think you do have interest accrue on subsidized once you're out of school if you go into deferment. Okay. I'm not 100% on that. I'd say I'm 90% on that. Okay. But regardless, if you're in a position to pay them and you sound like you'd love to be done with your student loans. Absolutely. Just take them out of deferment and pay. Okay. Definitely. Then that's what I'll do, Clark. Austin, what are you getting uh, a trade in? Because you finished school. Now you're going to trade school. Yeah. I'm becoming an electrician in an electrical apprenticeship program fantastic it's an amazing trade in a great industry wow and what kind of electrician do you want to be well it's an inside wireman program which is a pretty broad license that i'll uh, leave the program with but i hope to specialize in something which you know potentially like solar or something which i see is just exploding over the you know future years right well how great and guess what What's that? I was wrong on the deferment on your subsidized loans. Oh, okay. So, so you do not accrue interest on those. Okay, so if that's the case, would it be to my benefit? If I can still make payments while they're in deferment, would it, it, it seems to me you know, that it would make sense it, then. It's such a low amount of money you'd be saving anyway on such right. a low loan balance. Uh-huh. Just, just knock them out. Okay. Just take it out of deferment. And yeah, think it. about it. You're going to finish school. You're going to have this new profession. Right. Your earning power is going to steadily rise. It's going to be right. great not having that debt overhang. Absolutely. That makes sense to me. All right. Well, great success to you in the future, Austin. Thank you very much, Clark. And Thanks. thank you for all you do. Certainly. And how about that? I, I was said 90%. There was that other 10%. I was wrong. Peter's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Hi, I'm well, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you. You want to talk about one of these alternative TV streaming devices? That is correct. I started receiving emails about four months ago, and I'd say about every month I would get a repeat email from the same outfit, and each time I read a little more on it, and it sounds too good to be true. And... Like most people, they're trying to trim their packages they have with the monopoly or oligopoly type services out there. 
and we're paying 165 a month right now for, I, I guess, a full cable package with all the premium channels. 165 a yes, month. Yes, sir. Yes, you heard that right. <laughs> yes, and 75 gig uh, internet service, and then home phone, which I need for my business. So wait, the three in combination are 165. That is correct, Clark. Oh, yes. so you made it. Not as bad as it first sounded. <laughs> no, it's not as bad as it sounded. I mean, it's actually down probably about $20, $30 from what we were paying. But we don't get a lot of use out of the cable. You know, there's a couple hundred channels, and I think you've even mentioned this. You pair it down to about 10 or 12 that you actually watch. Right. And so... So these you know, people I, are promising that you get what for what? Okay, you pay a one-time, I think, eighty-nine ninety-nine fee for this box, and you live happily ever after, is the way they kind of describe it. That you pay, yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's the scoop. This is going to be a weird riddle. Ready? Okay, go. It may be true that they provide you that programming for free. Okay. But they're stealing it. And then you, okay. in turn, are receiving stolen programming. Okay. So this is similar to the black box thing that I think was there during the late 80s, early 90s. Except now they're doing it with full bore high def mm-hmm. and getting you all kinds of programming that maybe you don't even have rights to, gotcha. you're able to watch. So this has been something there are, there are perhaps several million people in the United States Mm-hmm. that are using these boxes to steal programming. I see. And it's different than, you remember there was the highly publicized stuff where the music industry was going after individuals for a while that were stealing music? Yes, I remember that well. Nobody seems to be doing that about these pirate boxes. Yet. Which is, <laughs> yeah. So people are doing it. I've had... You know, when I've talked about it before, I've been so negative about the pirate boxes, and I'll have people come up that are just so insulted by that, and they're mad at me, and why would I be trying to help out the cable company? And I'm like, you know, it's not about helping out the cable company. It's about that getting the content for free just isn't right. Correct. So I would just keep deleting the emails you're receiving, but that's your choice. I understand there, there's risk involved. <laughs> well, I'm not even sure there's that much risk. You know, it's the kind of thing that very small number of people mm-hmm. will ever be prosecuted, but it's right. just, it's ill-gotten gains, you know, to You're steal right. that programming. Yeah. And something else you can do mm-hmm. is if you will be disloyal to who you're with now, you mentioned the oligopoly, you know, there's very yeah. few choices. Mm-hmm. Because people are getting rid of their pay TV subscriptions and going to streaming, mm-hmm. you know they're cutting the cord or dialing back on it. Right. It's become far more competitive, even in a not very competitive industry, that if you put people into competition with each other, mm-hmm. you may be able to lower your cost a lot and legitimately have pay TV. That makes perfect sense. Can I ask one more question, Clark? If it's a quick one. It's a quick one. Uh, have, has your team actually looked into some of the alternatives like Hulu, PlayStation? Uh, do you have anything out on your website? Oh, yeah, I have talked a lot about that. So okay. we're using um, 
in our house, we use Sling.com. Yes, that's one of the six that I read briefly up on, yes. And I've been happy with that, but the one that seems to be getting by far the best reviews from the techies mm-hmm. is the new Hulu TV Live, I think it's called. Okay. Hulu Live, maybe, um, that is $40 a month. Okay. Is getting extremely positive reviews. Okay. I tried Direct TV now. It was terrible. Okay. Um, I cannot try YouTube TV, which is their version. Or is that YouTube Live? I've got the names of all of them on Clark.com. Yeah, I had it. Hulu, Hulu Live is okay. theirs. And the YouTube is, I can't remember if it's YouTube TV or YouTube Live. It's 35 a month mm-hmm. and is very flexible to use. And people seem who are they're rationing people onto the system, mm-hmm. and YouTube TV. Okay. So it's Hulu Live, YouTube TV. Very good. And well, there okay. will be continuous refinement and improvement in this area. Okay. And the costs are so much cheaper than a traditional cable or satellite package. The big problem is if you're in a data cap with whoever provides you your internet. You're going to blow through that data cap pretty quickly if you get all your TV from stream. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. Producer Joel asks it for you. Clark Charles wrote in. He says, when is the best time of year to buy new men's business clothing? I need to replace some business shirts and pants, and I'm looking to do so frugally. Asking me for fashion advice is a terrible idea. Terrible idea. So you have the same attitude, though, about what's business attire as I do. A dress shirt and slacks. And where do I get those? Well, I don't buy them based on time of year, but where? I buy my dress shirts at Costco. And... They sell their own private label Kirkland Signature 100% cotton dress shirt for $17.99. Now, I know that's a lot of money for a shirt, but they are no iron, 100% cotton, wear very well, and I love wearing those. As for pants, uh, dress slacks are usually too expensive for me at Costco. I buy my dress slacks typically at Walmart, and they are... Uh, about fourteen ninety nine, and they wear just fine. And so, again, I'm not somebody you would ever ask for fashion advice. As far as a time of year, a season, I don't know if when you're wearing as basic a wardrobe as I just described, I don't think time of year matters for buying those items. And I will emphasize again, no one, ever at any time should ever take any fashion advice from me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget. 
giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Glad you've joined us here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. I want to share some math magic with you in just a second. Our show is all about you Gaining knowledge every possible way you can. That's why Clark.com is where I want you to go when you need information about something you hear me talk about, websites, advice, information. And I'm so proud of our digital team, Clark.com, ClarkDeals.com, as my goal is to provide you information in whatever format best serves your needs whether it's on TV, radio, podcast, newspaper, you name whatever form. There are others not yet created. It's like our producer, Kim, who loves bands that don't even exist yet. I want you to be able to gather information to empower yourself wherever best serves you. And if there's something that... I'm not doing, not serving you how you wish. Please let me know. Go to Clark.com. Go to our Clark Stinks message board and tell me how I can serve you better. I got something I want to challenge you with. If you have a kid who's working this summer, high school or college kid working for the summer, I want to have you, if you can afford it, to consider what I call the mommy-daddy match, something I've always done with my kids, and all three of my kids have Roth IRAs. So here's what I've done and what I propose, if you can afford, you consider. Kids somehow, without the normal expenses in life that you and I have, manage somehow to spend whatever money they make. At a job, most kids. Maybe yours are different. So what I have offered my kids over the years, and all three have taken advantage of it, even my spendaholic son, is where for every dollar they don't spend from a summer job, I match with a dollar that goes into a Roth. Now, The kids are allowed to have a Roth up to what they earn in a year. So if a kid's working for a few months, or in the case of my kids where they work sporadically through the year, when they hand money over to me, I then magically double it, and that money is there to grow for them. How much does it grow? Let's take a teenager. 15-year-old, maybe first real money job as a teenager is typically when you're 15. So a dollar put in a Roth today in a diversified fund like I'd like you in, like a target retirement fund or something like that, 
is likely to become, $1 is likely to become 20 by the time a kid would retire. Think about the power that time offers to compound money. A dollar spent on who knows what, saved instead, becomes $20 of purchasing power during retirement. Now, inflation erodes some of that, so it's not as exciting as it sounds, but it's still great. And building that habit early and building up that reserve of money early makes a huge difference. I have choices for you to pop money into a Roth for your kids because it has to be a custodial Roth till they're an adult. I've got choices where you can open one for as little as $100 and many choices at 1000 You can see those on my investment guide at Clark.com. But the concept of having some kind of incentive, you think about why do employers offer a match on a 401k? Do you know why they do that? Because they're the nicest people ever? No. Employers do the match because highly compensated people at a place of work, the bosses, get punished under the law in how much they can put in a retirement account if a lot of the underlings aren't contributing. So employers offer the match and suddenly all these people that weren't contributing are all in on contributing, at least up to the match. People respond to that kind of incentive. Your kids will respond to that kind of incentive. Again, if you can afford it, offer the match, it builds that habit, it builds the idea of deferring wants from now into the future. Amy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Amy. Hello, how are you? Great, thank you, Amy. You are a landlord. Yes, I am. Good. Do you like it or no? Uh, So far, I've had excellent luck. Oh, I'm so glad. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, It's been a special circumstance where I was able to have a friend actually um, rent. And so that's been, could have gone either way, but it's been good for our friendship and pretty easy tenant. Well, that's great. So Mm -hmm. anytime you have a win-win, how perfect. Mm Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, definitely. So what's going on with it now? Well, my question is, she um, is getting married and she's looking at um, buying a house of her own. And so in the next probably three or four months, I'm going to need to decide if I want to rent it again or if I want to sell it. And so I'm trying to think of uh, trying to find out the advantages and disadvantages of both in this current economy. All right. So first, she doesn't want to buy it. No. Okay. So you're going to have a vacancy. And how have real estate values done in the area you have the rental? Well, that's the good news. I just got a tax appraisal yesterday, and you know, what, I don't know what you can base off of that. But the nothing value went up. Nothing. 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 Don't ever believe a government assessor's value of your home. Okay, because it went up twenty thousand. Yeah. 
maybe in the figment of their imagination it went up 20,000 or maybe it really did but you can't go by that well I'll tell you this houses are moving um you know within uh 20 to 80 days in the neighborhood so that means your neighborhood's hot and so maybe in this case the tax assessor's right Okay. Or maybe it's even gone up more than what they're trying to hit you additional for. So right. let's go through the protocol about how you decide. How okay. long have you been a landlord? Uh, it's only been since last April. So this, this was your principal residence. Yes, sir. So it would be to your advantage from a tax standpoint to sell it because you will be shielded from capital gains up to a quarter million dollar gain if you sell it now. Huh. If you let enough because time it's only pass. Been a year? Sorry? Because it's only been a year? Exactly. Wow. You have you can rent out a place for up to three years after you move out. It, can't, it has to be less than three, actually, just a hair under. And mm-hmm. you're able to sell it and be sheltered from capital gains. Okay. So if you've had a nice run up from what you paid for it, Mm-hmm. then there would be a, a business reason for you to sell it because then you just pocket that total gain. Well, can I ask you a clarifying question, though? Sure. It's not up to what I've paid for it. I'm looking more against what I owe. Oh, oh. So it's still worth less, even with the run-up potentially in value, it's worth less well, than what you originally I mean, I paid? that's how you look at it. No, I mean, they'll pay higher than what I paid for it, but I was just thinking about the, the profit I'm going to make, you know, minus the, you know, what I owe. Well, from a tax standpoint, commission. all that matters is what you paid um, and then what you sell it for minus your selling expenses. Yeah, it's at least 15000 $15, more, like, you know, doing comps in the area. That's not yeah. enough for you to, to let tax guide you on that. Okay. If you had a big, big gain, then yes. But at that kind of gain... No. So what kind of carry does it have per month? What does it cost you per month for it? Uh, well, unfortunately, I, have the, you know, I had to do the PMI and didn't have enough of down, down payment. So um, with the taxes and the insurance, it's um, eleven twenty. And what do you think it'll rent for these days after your friend moves out? Uh, at least 1200 so not a lot more. There's no compelling case in your circumstance for you to remain a landlord. Great. There's no overwhelming case for you to sell. Oh. Really, in <laughs> your case, it's a flip of the coin. Okay. I keep looking for the triggers that would get me to say, oh, absolutely do this or absolutely do that. Yours doesn't go either direction. Wow. So if you're not really a fan of being a landlord... Go ahead and move on. If you really yeah. think you'd like being a landlord, you could keep it because you're getting more income than your monthly cost, although that may change with the tax reassessment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is completely your decision, almost a lifestyle decision. Yeah, I almost think because I've been lucky for a year that it, that was an anomaly. Then, then get out. I can't upkeep it. Get out. Now. If you're not if you're not ecstatic about being a landlord, that makes it. your decision for you. Okay. You feel comfortable well, with that? I do. All right. So sell that baby, especially since you say right now the houses are moving so so quickly. 
Well, that was a twisted tale, wasn't it? Nathan's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Nathan. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and you? Great, thanks. You've got a beef with YouTube. Uh, kind of. Tell me what's uh, going on. The YouTube Kids app. Uh, it's, it's a really nice app. It looks fun. The kids love it. Um, but we ran into an issue that I'm just kind of giving you, letting you know as a tip for everybody else that it does use a lot of data. Um, People have been complaining ever since I first talked about YouTube kids. People have been complaining about the data suck. Yes. And, you know, the data streams in HD. Yeah. And there doesn't seem, we can't find a setting on it. And from reading what people said on the air, we can't figure out how you would degrade the streaming from HD to SD for it. Right. And so a lot of people have had problems, Nathan, because they'll be with one of those monopoly phone or cable companies that has those rotten, terrible data caps. Data caps, yeah. And so people can blow right through those data caps on their home Especially internet. on a mobile phone or a cellular plan. Now, cellular plans, a lot of the cellular plans now are unlimited data. Really? Yeah. So, uh, for example, everybody now offers unlimited data plans, and Mm -hmm. the difference is how much they charge from provider one to another. And what they tend to do is on video, they downgrade the video automatically to 480, which is standard def, from high def. Right. So one thing you can consider if your kids really love the YouTube kids is that you have them uh, stream it through a phone. And, you know, at home you can project what's on your phone right up onto your TV with a a, um, Chromecast device. Uh Uh-huh. You know what a Chromecast is? Yes. And so... we have one of those. But your data plan right now on your cell phone has a, a limited data? Uh, it's limited to, uh, what, three gigs? Ooh, that's very small. What's your yeah. bill a month for your cell phone? Uh, it's like around 150 That's unlimited talk text, but it's a three gig because we, me and my wife hardly ever use any data. You are paying way too much for your cell phone plan. How many phones do you have on the plan? Oh, we got to talk. We got to talk right now. Because (laughs) today, for two lines, you can get uh, unlimited talk, text, and unlimited data for a total of 80 a month, all fees in. Really? Yeah, you're paying Um, way too much. This call was about YouTube, but now it's not anymore. Yeah. Um, One of the issues in our area is there's not really many decent coverage uh, amongst all the carriers. Who do you have to, have do you have to choose from? Hit AT&T. me with who you have in your area. I have Verizon. Okay, so Verizon is by far the most expensive cell phone carrier. Correct. But they are now also offering an unlimited data plan. 
Okay. Anybody else work in your area besides Verizon? Um, I've not used any of the other carriers except U.S. Cellular, uh, so I can't really. Okay, so you can go to the map of of AT&T or T-Mobile or Sprint and see if they have any decent coverage where you are. And I have a guide on Clark.com of all the cheap unlimited data plans now that are offered by various companies. Okay. And you could see, and hopefully you'll be able to eliminate the YouTube kids problem by allowing, with unlimited data, streaming right on your TV. And by the way, on the YouTube thing, we've sent YouTube a message. We want to know what they are doing about the HDSD thing. Mark is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mark. Hi. How's it going? Great, thank you, Mark. You were asking a savings question. Uh, yeah, it was about a mutual um, market accounts for emergency funds. A money market uh, mutual fund. Yes. Well, that used to be the best place to put emergency fund money was in a money market mutual fund. But what would be a better place to stash savings that are rainy day dollars? is in an online savings account. Someone like Ally Bank or Capital One 360 or uh, could be a credit union, but usually the online banks will be the best place. You have access to your money if you keep your checking account wherever you have it, but open a savings account with one of the onlines. You have access to your money in two days. Okay, awesome. And the interest you can earn compared to what you can earn in a money market mutual fund today, much, much better. I mean, none of it's going to make you rich. Yeah, I was looking at Capital One, and it says, like, variable. Does that change and go down a lot? It can change every single day, up or down. And I love that you're saving money. That's great. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show.